Spielman and Hooley, We Tackle Life podcast. Kings, well, kings of the garage. I'm going to make it look like an accident, but I'm going to ram my car through that front putrid door of yours. It is absolutely horrendous. <laughs> well, and- I'd be okay with that. <laughs> Because it is horrendous. I have people now telling me on the podcast, "Hey, we need a picture of the front door." I just, yeah, you, you oh. might have to. It's just a hospital green front door, and it doesn't. Oh. It, like it, I get the girls wanting that color. It's a happy color, they say. It's That's a not color. a happy color. So no, it's not a happy color. Did you tell them to change it? I did, and then this morning when you came through the front door, you said you're depressed, and I thought it was because you got another whiff of that hospital green front door, but it's for another reason, which we will get into here on a Wednesday edition of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Uh, Glad to have you all with us. We'll talk a little college football. Uh, Wish a college football coach happy anniversary and talk about uh, your game Sunday. And boy, first of all, let's deal with the game last night. Two unbeatens, Titans and Bills. And the Titans might have played their best game of the year after being racked with COVID-19. I don't know what that says. Man, were they good. Ah, uh, They were very good. They looked rested, right? And I, I've been saying this every broadcast that I do, Bruce, and every interview uh, that I've been on, um, that teams are responsible for their own energy. You can't yep. count on any outside forces or manufactured energy. It's got to be organic from within. And when it is, you can see the result. And there's really, I mean, the games that I've had, it's there. It's a clear difference in who wants to be there. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a struggle for some teams. For example, doing the Arizona Cardinals game, when they played the uh, Panthers, they looked like they couldn't get out of there fast mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. They go back, um, come back east and play the Jets. Now, again, it's the Jets, fine. But still, it's an NFL team. That's usually know. a tough trip for a team from the West sure. Coast to come and play at one. On the but East Coast. it was just a whole different mindset and a whole different team, and they played like it. And so that's what I watched a little bit last night was the Titans looked like they were excited to be there. Buffalo was trying. There was just no juice, in my opinion. And so the score was reflective of that. How so. much do NFL teams get away from whatever that baseline thing is where they're locked in and playing their best football? Then, like, what I picture it is is the Cardinals went back and realized, hey, we didn't do last week what we needed to do to be successful, and then they, they refined it in a week. There seems to be a fair amount of so, that, and the teams that don't do that, the teams that are consistent are the elite teams. I asked Cliff Kingsbury this because I had my own thoughts on it, and after – uh, I presented my thought to him first. I said, look, this is what I've noticed, and I don't know how you think about this, but this is something that I've noticed just traveling around doing these games is that um, the teams that are playing, not, not just having, they're having fun playing. They're mm-hmm. celebrating the youth. They're celebrating the fact that they're getting to play football in the midst of a pandemic. And when they're still, you know, issues dealing with COVID and uncertainty and all the things that make people nervous in life, Mm -hmm. they're still getting to uh, do something hopefully that they love to do. And that was the biggest difference. And just by making a play, they're high-fiving each other and they're enjoying each other and enjoying celebrating the fact that they're young, that they're strong, they can make a lot of money and they can play and do something that they love. And that's a blessing in a time of when a lot of people have been hurt in financially and emotionally and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, absolutely so. And the governor was talking yesterday with cold weather coming. He's fearful of another 
outbreak of COVID, we'll see the survival rates are really good. The hospitalization rates among the young are very low. So hopefully state of Ohio, you talking about? Yeah, state yeah. of Ohio. Yeah. So state hopefully, or survival rates overall are very good. Yeah, so. they absolutely are ninety nine point nine something. So hopefully, uh, we have. Uh, I, I and the New York Times of all places ran an article yesterday that uh, the worst of it is behind us. So. That seemed to me kind of a strange source for that kind of information in advance of the election. Well, not we'll, according to the governor's press conference. It's a living, breathing thing that has a mind of its own. Yeah, and, that was exactly the quote. Yeah. You know, again, it's, you know, and that's just his style of leadership. It's a style that I don't uh, in particularly follow, but uh, that's what he, how he chooses to uh, lead. And, you know, that's what he's doing. And that's fine. That's just what he chooses to go by. I choose to follow. Uh, I choose to lead with hope as opposed to fear. I believe in being truthful, but you can be optimistic when you're being truthful. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think that's his style yeah. of leadership. At this point, it has not been. Uh, Ryan Day's leadership has uh, never been questioned. He's taken the ball from Urban Meyer and seamlessly transitioned. And boy, has he had a bunch of different challenges. First of all, the way he coached his first game as a head coach with Urban on suspension. And then, you know, taking over for a legend and... Um, doing a great job last year, and now he's got to deal with COVID and the shutdowns and all that kind of stuff. And we won't get to see his team for two more Saturdays, but when we do, it's it'll be more? against Nebraska. Yeah, it's not this Saturday. Oh, but it's 10 days, so. Yeah, but it's two more Saturdays. We'll okay. see it on the second Saturday. Okay. Um, so Again, I'm optimistic, you're pessimistic. Well, I'm just saying how you it, just, present it. it still feels like forever because it's still not game week to me. Yeah. Um, so we got Alabama and Georgia this week. Uh, that's going to be interesting because – Bama's got a great offense. Their defense has played really poorly. Georgia is loaded everywhere but quarterback. <laughs> and that's obviously the one place you have to be loaded. And the game's in Tuscaloosa. But, again, it's like another headline Saturday. And Ryan Day says it's been torture watching these games and not being able to compete. But pretty soon we'll see his team out there, and we expect that they'll look pretty good against Nebraska. But we won't see J.D. Spielman right. in a Nebraska uniform. J.D.'s transferred to TCU. And he's always had really good games yeah. against Ohio State. So I know there'll be some Buckeye fans who'll be looking for J.D. Spielman and just give people an update on Rick's son and how he's playing yeah. so far. Um, J.D. left Nebraska, and then, uh, you know, there, I, I guess uh, it, health reasons would be a safe way to put it, but he's doing well now. Um, he's in the rotation, and, you know, TCU runs seven or eight receivers yeah. on here, so he's in that rotation. I think he's... Last check was fifth or sixth in the country in punt returns. Nice. Actually had a punt return to set up the game-winning touchdown uh, versus Texas. I've been fortunate enough to, because of uh, Fox doing the Big 12, uh, lack of Big 10 playing, I've been fortunate enough to, to watch some of these games. I'm just glad he's doing well, and I think he's in a really good place. And so people that have struggled with those type of issues know what I'm talking about. And as a family member... You're just, you know, you want them to be in a peaceful place. And mm -hmm. I think that's where he is. And uh, I know that my sister-in-law and Rick and my mom and all the siblings are, are really uh, pleased at where J.D. is. And he's enjoying, like I talk about, the joy of playing again. Mm -hmm. You know, it, 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 football can be a grind, right? And I've talked to you about this and you've talked to enough athletes and coaches over the years. I mean, you see how... It can age coaches, yeah. right? I mean, you've yeah, seen it absolutely. physically. <laughs> I mean, look at the pictures of John Cooper, Jim Tressel, uh, even Urban, when they got the job at Ohio State. It ages you. 
We don't notice it in Ryan yet, but if he stays a decade, you'll notice a difference. Yeah, it's just a it's a grind, especially college. I think I actually think coaching in the NFL is less of a a grind because you're not dealing with as much stuff. I would agree with that. It's more of a business, more of a tunneled in right. doing your thing. You're doing the football thing. You can expect uh, you can expect more of your players, and if you have a problem, you can get rid of it. In college, you're held responsible for things that are completely outside your control. Well, I don't know if you can get rid of it because I think, and I'll get into this. Um, well, little... the Jets, the Jets got rid of a problem. Le'Veon <laughs> Bell, he got least. rid of himself. Yeah, well. He just and and I I think that there there's a player on the Cincinnati Bengals that uh, we might be seeing that take place soon. Uh, uh, we want to say good morning to our friend Nick Serrano in the uh, in the uh, Worcester area, and we want to say hello to up and Adam early in the morning, Mr. Joe Dumas. Yeah, Joe says uh, driving it's people almost Buckeye time. Now I have no idea what Nick is talking about. He says if that is your fan. Can you please turn it off? Can you vouch for me that there is no fan in this room? I don't know room? what it is. We irritate a lot of people. Yeah, we do. Maybe it's engineering issues with <laughs> podcasts. But I don't know, Nick, we don't have a fan on, so I don't know what that is. But you can respond uh, with comments on Facebook Messenger, and uh, you can watch the show live as these three gentlemen are and uh, quite a few others are, and uh, we appreciate that very yeah. much. So uh, Le'Veon Bell now is out there. The Jets still have to pay him. Two and a half million on Thursday, and his six million dollar salary for the season. Any team in the NFL can pick him up for minimum. ESPN is out with a story on the most likely teams to pick up Le'Veon Bell. One, of course, is the Steelers because that's where he had success. I don't know; he's probably napalmed that bridge. This one makes sense to me, just because they make good use of every talented player out there. Patriots, Kansas City Chiefs. Oh yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the list. The uh, Browns are on the list with Nick Chubb on the sideline for five more weeks. Mm-hmm. 49ers, Cardinals, Titans, Dolphins. Yeah. I mean, and Cardinals. So, Any of those ring a bell uh, for Le'Veon Bell? I, I think he'd be a good fit with the Cardinals, to be honest with you. I mean, they have Kenyon Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, Chase Edmonds. You got yeah, Kenyon I like Drake Chase going. You got him going this he week, did. you said. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, it's amazing what competition does. Either yeah. it wilts people or it makes people rise to the occasion. But Le'Veon Bell, is, has there been a guy that's worked the system better than Le'Veon Bell? Uh, Kirk Cousins worked <laughs> yeah. it pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Kirk's worked it pretty good. So uh, he wanted out of there. It was interesting going into that game. Adam Gase, one of the biggest concerns was uh, – how am I going to handle Le'Veon Bell and the playtime with Frank Gore? They got a rookie, uh, Michael P. Ryan, out of Florida, which there's news out of Florida, which I know you know. But, uh, you know, that's you got to get rid of him. If he doesn't want to be there, then get rid of him. If you want to take the cap hit, take the cap hit. But, you know, those guys end up hurting the locker room. Yes, they which do. Which brings me to the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, let's talk about the Bengals. You have the Bengals and the Colts on Sunday yeah. in Indy. You like those uh, drivable games. I love the drivable games. Is it worth the, I got the uh, game of the week. Is it worth the pain of having to watch the Bengals Well, here's what I did. Um, I waited until this morning. I, I'm, as you know, an early riser, and, and I either work out or get my work done in the morning. I mm-hmm. choose one or the other and uh, after prayer time, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched yesterday, I watched the Bengals and Jaguars because I wanted to see the Bengals look at their best. Sure. Yeah. That's their win. And they played pretty well. 
everybody overall played pretty well. The offensive line was moving people. So then I put on the Baltimore film, and I thought, oh, this this is... From their last yeah. appearance on the field Sunday. Uh, it was like, uh, this is not any, not even close you to being... contemplating a comeback as an NFL no, offensive lineman no. after watching that game? Well, I, I just think, you know, there's just, there was no... In order to have a run game, I like Joe Mixon. I don't know what you think about Joe Mixon. I think Joe Mixon's a football player. I, I do. He's, he's really, got, I mean, he can, he, you can make one guy miss in the hole. You can't make three miss. Yeah. Well, and that was my point. And if you watch the Jaguar game, just comparison, and this is mm -hmm. little things. Like, I can see during a football game, I get a feeling, and when there's movement, like when you can change the line of scrimmage and force the defense to go back to the three yards, you're going to have a success, in my opinion, sure. you're going to have a successful running game. Sure. Well, they just got stoned uh, up front by the, the Ravens. Five of the seven sacks were by defensive backs so that, you know, you can't pick can't up handle a blitz. The blitz. Can't pick up a blitz. And, you know, the blitzes, the blitzes are something that there's no excuse for for an NFL team. Teams have team blitz periods, mm -hmm. okay? And there's rules. And in order for uh, a team to pick up blitz, you have to have 11 guys on the same page. And let me tell you real quick, if you don't mind, how that works. Oh, please do. The offensive line, if they are slide protecting – that means everybody moves one step to the left and has that gap. If they're slide, or they could slide protect, everybody moves one step to the right. Or if they go man protection, that's when we see a running back pick up and any mm -hmm. inside blitzers, that's the running back's job. The quarterback's job is to recognize the blitz. Every blitz has a weakness, whether it's man or zone. He has to know where to throw the ball. But who has to be in tune with the quarterback, Bruce? The wide receiver. So they have to do something along with the quarterback that's called sight adjust. Yes. When you see something, you know whatever th route you had on, it converts to another route because of the blitz. Lack of time for yeah. the quarterback to throw. Right. Somebody's coming free. He won't have as much time. And uh, the, uh, the other thing is, for like example, if they're playing press coverage – and you're you you try to get past and, and run past the guy if they're playing off then you sit it down and run a little three or four yard hitch but the quarterback and receiver have to be on the same page they were not on the same page at all the quarterback the receivers the offensive line the running backs it, they just looked overmatched and quite frankly I, and I think I hope I thought I read an article where Zach Taylor pretty much admitted that they were completely outcoached. Well, I was going to say, that, that sounds game. like coaching and not it wrapping is. the right stuff. It, it, I think it's everybody. I think it's coaching, but it's also, you know, the players have to to be able to execute yeah. what is called. So I don't know if it was coached and not executed, but regardless, the coach's job is to get the players to execute. The player's job is to execute. Yeah. Um, with Joe, I, I look, everybody, he's a fan. I'm a Burrow, fan. Burrow, yeah, Joe Burrow, uh, I'm a fan he pl he didn't play very well on uh, Sunday. Started out really well. I mean, hit a 14-yarder, hit a deep out for 17 or something like that. But then uh, he's he's got to get rid of the football. It, and this is the same thing that happened to Kyler Murray last year for anybody that follows the NFL. He's got to learn how to avoid negative plays. Joe's a really good, really good athlete, right? He is. Uh, but he can't escape NFL players like he escaped college guys no. and i think he thinks he can yeah and i think he's learning that he can't when you talk about seven sacks 20 pressures and 15 quarterback hits a lot of it's on him he's got to get rid of the football 
Um, it's just that's the way it is. And there's in the NFL, you have to release that football in 2.5 seconds or under. If not, uh, your chances bad of getting things set, are going to happen. Yeah. yeah, and and so they really have to get in tune. They just look so out of sync, and not one that offense was not on the same page whatsoever. The defense played pretty well against Baltimore. You could tell Lamar Jackson, quite frankly, was banged up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can't go down 17 nothing to say we played great after we got beat 17 nothing. No, you can't. But I one of the bad things, agree. and they, they make crucial mistakes at crucial times, which all bad teams do. And the first touchdown drive of the Ravens, did you watch any of this game? By I the did. Way? Was this the one where they got the touchdown on third and eight? It's, well, no, but that, yeah. But they leading to that, they had the Ravens at a third and 14. Yeah. And they give up a third and 14. Yeah. You can't give up third and fourteen. The second touchdown was a pass to Mark Andrews. Again, and you always talk about the back line of the end zone being your friend. So you're down there in the compressed area of the field where third and nine down there is crazy hard to pick up. And he just got inside Von Bell, which can't happen. If you're Von Bell, that can't happen. You know Mark Andrews is Lamar Jackson's favorite receiver. You cannot let him have inside on the goal line, and it was a touchdown on third and nine. He's a good player, too, Mark Andrews. But anyway... Then they have, you know, they'll get they'll get a, a seven yard run, but they'll have an illegal formation. So what that brings that back. So it's all these self destructive things. And when you, when you're a team that is marginal, and I'm not, I'm just being honest. I'm not saying this derogatory, but marginal in talent, and you want to compete in the NFL, which they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't have these unforced errors. Then of course, to make matters worse. You know, they lost uh, DJ Reader, who's a really good defensive tackle. Big offseason signing. They picked uh, picked Geno Atkins up, but Geno only played 25% of play, so hopefully he's healthier. They already lost two other defensive tackles. They picked a guy up named Xavier Williams off the practice squad. Trey Waynes, your big free agent acquisition, he's out. Right, was out. Mackenzie Alexander, another big free agent acquisition, he's been out. So... But they, you know, they. The good thing is they, and I don't see this with every team, um, especially toward the end. They are a try-hard team. I mean, they really play pretty hard, and I enjoy that and I respect that from them. the 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 one thing that was really frustrating to me, and I got to stop taking things personal. You know, I've been removed from being a player for twenty years. Wow, I've been removed from being a player for twenty years. And what's very frustrating to me is when guys don't give everything they have, no matter the circumstance. I just, I think it's an affront to the game itself, and I think it's an affront to your teammates. I think I know who you're talking about. And and it doesn't seem like his personality, but, you know, what A.J. Green did after that interception, I don't know if you saw it. Oh, I did. It's all over everywhere. And it's so frustrating to me. Now, we're paying, if you're the Bengals, you're paying him $1.1 million per week. Or, another way to put it, $1 million per catch that he has this season. Now, it's not all his fault, but what I don't see A.J. Green doing, and purely from a football perspective, he's not creating separation. And there's a rapport. Uh, you know that I'm a fan of Tyler Boyd. I've loved him since I watched him play at Pittsburgh. T. Higgins is coming along. Um uh, Mike Thomas, the kid they picked up, is is decent. Um, it's too bad that they lost uh, Uzama, the tight end, because I thought he was a be- definite uh, choice of Joe Burrow. Yep. Uh, the Drew Sample kid isn't bad, but 
I, I just don't understand what, what AJ apparently does not want to be there. Well, if he doesn't want to be there, then grant him his wish because the only thing he's going to do, he's not tradable. Who wants a 10-year guy that's bitching and that has injury problems? Not a lot of hands go up when you yeah, offer well, that. It, but, but I can see like Le'Veon Bell has a little juice in the tank. You would think he hadn't played for two years. Yeah, I, I don't know. He yeah. ought to be healthy. But while see, it's healthy. I don't know if A.J. Green does. Maybe he, you know, a lot of times these guys get a change of scenery, they get new life. I just don't see it for the Bengals, in my opinion. You said it right there. He might be a change of scenery guy. The problem is you have to sell at pennies on the dollar with A.J. Green. Seven-time pro bowler. You I don't know think what he's capable take us, of. Bruce. Oh, I think somebody would take him, but I don't think they're going to get anything above a five for him. Oh, not even close. I yeah. wouldn't. So I, why would I want a guy that's injured let, and and can't create space? Let me give you what might be his rationale for tapping out on that interception. He's got a hamstring. He's trying to play through it. Tackling Marcus Peters on the interception only risks ripping the hamstring, and then he's not available. That may be right. what he was thinking. I think I know what you're going to say, but what, that may be what he was thinking. Where's the trash can so I can throw up what you just said? Or? No, you always say you have to play hurt unless you can't run. If You've always said if you can't run, you can't play. He's running away from the guy that intercepted the ball. He's full sprinting away from the guy that intercepted the ball. I got nothing for you. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I know. I just, that's what I'm thinking is he's thinking if I get in that scrum, my hammy's coming off the bone, and then I'm done for the year, and then i got to hear again. I'm telling I'm you, the team down. how fast he was running, West Liberty Salem would have been three-time state champions right. if you would have had him on your cross-country team. Sure would have. Yes, we would have. Okay, so AJ, <laughs> step up and play up or get out, I guess. I, why, I mean, he's here's the problem with him being – in the position he's in as an elite pay as an elite pay guy you cannot get young players to buy in if stars making what he's making are coasting because young guys are trying to get to the level he is in terms of his pay status and if you're rewarding a guy for loafing it just sends a very bad subliminal That's, message to the rest of the people in your on your roster they've already moved on from yeah. him just just by and it's not by it's just the way it is. The offense has moved on from AJ Green. He can't create how many times we watch a game and they try to throw it to him, he has zero separation. I mean, a lot. I don't, I don't, it's a lot. Yeah. They they've gone with T Higgins, they've gone with hey, Father Time catches us it all, does. man. It's not I think he's got something left, but I don't think he'll they'll get it out of him in Cincinnati. No. I just don't. No. You not, see this so many times in that organization. And not all of these situations are the same, but they're not all dissimilar either. Corey Dillon had something left. Um, yeah, a year, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, he's got something yeah, left. But, but, but in, in fairness, it's not just Cincinnati. I see it everywhere because I hear the same story every single Carson week. Carson Palmer. You know, I mean, they, they have guys, veterans. It's like the longer you're there, the more the... Um. Darkness of the franchise envelops you, and you just and and now you got Burrow, who's your hope for the future, and you have to change that culture. You yeah. just have to, well, because you're going to waste agree. a transformative guy. That and um, 
but I know you say Cincinnati, but I'm telling you, if all your if like if we focused on Cleveland, if we focused on if you go to New York or New Jersey area where I was, yep. right? The Giants and the Jets are combined 0 and 10. Oof. 0 and 10. Wow. In the largest market in the world. Oh, right? they have the Rutgers to look forward to though in a couple <laughs> weeks. So but, but, get that all but, straightened but, out. But uh, you know, I hear the same story about their guys that had to get out, right? The corner last year, oh, I forget his name. He had to get out of there. Uh he played his way out. Uh, Jalen Ramsey? No, not no. He's for the Giants. Uh, oh, the the kid from LSU. Uh, I can't think of his name. I know. Jamal Adams? No. Jamal Adams was at the Jets. He had to work himself out of there. Okay, well, that's what I, that's who I was thinking. He's now with the uh, Seahawks. This corner, he was a corner for the Jets, or for the Giants, not the Jets. But it's not Eli Apple. He no, just worked his I, way I, out of there yeah, long I mean, that. You know, that, that's, look, that, that happens in teams that are losing. But the difference is, like, Jamal Adams was a star for the yes, Jets. Yes, he was. And he didn't want to be a part of the Jets. I don't care what we read. He did not want to be a part of the Jets. Le'Veon Bell? Six years or four year, fifty-two million dollar wasn't working out for him. I don't want to be a part of it. it I don't think you want to be a part of anywhere. And the players, you know what? The well, I don't blame. Yeah. Uh, now yeah. you get him for the minimum. He's worth the risk because yeah. the Jets are paying it. Uh, if you are exposed in any kind of a legal situation, you need great representation. The kind that Le'Veon Bell got in his contracts. Stan and Kelly and the great team at Willis Spangler Starling, that's our attorney firm of choice. They're on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard, and they can handle anything, negotiation of a contract, approval of a contract. Maybe it's workers' comp. Maybe it's personal injury. Will's estate planning. They handle all the biggies and all small ones, too. Nothing is too complex for them. They're a multi-expertise law firm. Willis Spangler Starling, they are online at willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. Okay, Browns and Steelers, and it means something, and it is the first game since Miles Garrett's ugly helmet-swinging episode against Mason Rudolph. They will not get Mason Rudolph this time. They will get Big Ben. The Steelers are 4-0. and Browns are 4-1 and and have won four in a row. Yeah, and playing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, actually watched them against the Colts, and I was trying to focus on the Colts, but I kept coming back to the Browns. And, you know, you're I, I thought – you know, Baker was really good the first half, not so much the second half, but they the defense made plays, right? Mm-hmm. Phillip Rivers looked old. I don't I mean he, Phillip Rivers, the uh Harrison interception Dreadful. was just I, I that's like a a rookie yeah. mistake. And he does that. He'll throw it up for yes, grabs. He does. That, but that wasn't even a throwing up for grabs. That was just a panic throw, which you wouldn't think a guy with his credentials and career would make panic throws, and that was a panic throw, which was uh, a little disappointing. Good news for the Bengals, you know, the, I think a player that I saw as a rookie, and he, he kind of caught my attention, Marlon Mack has been out, so Jonathan Taylor mm-hmm. has come in and done a, a really good job. Their offensive line is really good. Their defensive front, mm-hmm. you know who they are, one of the most underrated interior defensive linemen, uh, is DeForest Buckner, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, he's he's stout. Their linebackers and Darius Leonard was hurt and kind of the all-pro everything, but the other guys they all can run and move. Unfortunately, uh, they're playing without Malik Hooker, another good defender. Very but, good. You know, and it, it's interesting how you how you read this because when we live in Ohio and we follow two pro teams, right, mm-hmm. the, the Browns and the Bengals. 
Well, so, three if you count the buckets. Well, you know that for part of preparation, yeah, three proteins. Thank you. I, I got that, yes. Uh, <laughs> and a masculine tiger, so actually yeah, four. four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but, you know, I'm reading all the – we get articles sent, right, and mm-hmm. you spend – I spend most of my mornings just reading and watching and all that stuff. You would think that the Colts are the worst team ever to play football. By the coverage in Indy or what? Yeah, yeah, it's just because that's just the way it goes. And nothing changes quicker than the NFL headlines or the feelings of an NFL team, right? That's the beauty of it. That was Rich Eisen's funny bit on his show, the week-to-week player of the week. Because yeah. it's one week you are really up and one week you are really down in the NFL. Yeah. And everybody loved the Colts when they were three and one. Now they're three and two and they're garbage. Yeah, they're garbage. That's what I was reading. Phil they were you know, bench rivers. Bench him. You even mentioned I him said on Monday. It. Jacoby Brissett. He's rested com- and ready. He's completing seventy percent of his passes. Mm. Get rid of him. Shut him down. Get rid of him. He can't get on the same page with uh T. Y. Hilton. Got to be able to do that if you're a Colts quarterback. I'm not sure about that. Will we ever see Andrew Luck play quarterback in the NFL again? No. I don't think we will either. I don't think so either. Hopefully we'll see Captain Andrew Luck. Captain Andrew. We haven't heard from Captain Andrew Luck on Twitter lately. (laughs) So, Uh, Happy anniversary, Dabo Sweeney. Uh, Eight years ago yesterday, he was named Clemson's head coach in the middle of the season. longer than that. Uh, Yes, it does seem. uh, Well, wait a minute. It was... um, 2008. I'm sorry. I had eight years. It was 2008. 12 years. There you go. It's a good thing you prepare for the show because if we didn't oh, have hey, you, there'd be hey, all hey, kinds listen, of mistakes made. Listen. I get it. I have it written right here. No, I just had eight I, on the brain. I get it, man. Uh, listen, I understand. You got bigger fish to fry. I do. You can't be wasting you your time with me. I'm talking to pro-life activists. I'm watching <laughs> yeah. the Supreme Court hearings. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Davos. Let's get our priorities straight. <laughs> Dabo is one thirty four and thirty one in uh, twelve years. This will be the tenth straight year Clemson wins ten games or more. Okay. Mm-hmm. Will Ryan Day, if he stays at Ohio State for fifteen years, ever have a year where he does not win ten games? I can't see it. I can't right, right now. I can't see it. I, can't. I mean, I just think that machine is rolling, and the future is bright. For Ohio State, as long as uh, the Big Ten doesn't screw it up. In uh, 10 years, will Ryan Day have five playoff appearances? At least five. Should. He's one for one. Yeah, he we think he's going to get in this year, so he's two for yeah. two. I don't know if he's getting in this year. No, oh, he yeah, should get in, getting this getting in this year. year. Who's watching, beating him in the Big Ten? I don't know. I'm watching other teams playing. The only team that really stands out is Clemson to me. Alabama. But Alabama's Flawed. giving up. Georgia's flawed. A million points. Yeah. yeah. It's, so. it's, I would, I've said before, I would take Clemson and Ohio State against the field, field. Yeah, for the oh, national absolutely. title. No problem. I would, I would take that right now. Yeah. It has I, an inevitability that the Cavs and Warriors used to have. I'm uh, anxious to see how uh, the Big Ten handles the first COVID. Outbreak. I am too. That's the one thing that could. Mess this Hit up. the panic button. Everybody's going to shut Justin it down. Justin Fields quick. gets it, and it's three weeks. Now, if he gets it. No, the league itself. Oh, because, the league, yeah. you know, Florida's got a COVID outbreak now. They do, you know, 19 And cases. the SEC, yeah, they, man, you know, deal with it and keep playing, though. I the hope. way LSU's playing, I'd play him with 19 guys out. I hope. And beat LSU, yeah. no problem. You, th- you just hear what Ed Orgeron said about Bo? Great guy. Got to do better. Yeah. Oh, about Bo Pelini. Couldn't stop anybody, yeah. 
So Ed Orgeron is hard enough to understand with a mask on. I got no hope. Uh, by the way, just before we ignore it totally, <laughs> did you see Derrick Henry stiff arm Josh Norman last night? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, that just goes you shows the, the talent and strength man, of these guys. Man. I mean, yeah, that's just amazing, isn't it? I mean, now, some of it was leverage and Norman being momentum in a, and all, all that. that. But it's still just amazing to watch a running back just take a guy and put him in orbit. Well, and, you know, Josh probably you know, 200 pounds max. Yeah. You know, well, that was max. Something. He's a corner. Yeah. So, you know, we know what that is. I mean, yeah. we like he's to not cover. Exactly, he's not, he's the not exactly most physical to hit guys a big guy out like there. That. Yeah, exactly so, right. I'm trying to think of if I ever got stiff armed like that. No, not no like way. that. No way. Now I've gotten run over. I got teeth Kevin knocked Mack. out. Kevin Mack, yeah. Marion Butts knocked out uh, a couple of my teeth. Weren't you wearing a mouth guard? No, I never wore a mouth. Guard. You never wore a mouth guard, no. and you never got a concussion. Never. That's no. amazing. I do have a a rock head, and as you can see, my head is extremely large. And uh, my face is very large, which I've come to realize and confirm during COVID-19 because I put those blue surgical masks on and I've actually, they, 10 of them have snapped. I got, I got like, I got them lined up as casualties of wow. COVID. 10 masks and served have val snapped. valiantly. <laughs> to cover this face. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for your service. We appreciate it. Keeping Spiels healthy amid COVID. By the way, you have your brain, uh, brain, uh, whatever you call it there, brain biopsy this week yet? Your COVID yeah. test? Test, yeah. Oi, oi, oi. Every, I've every, not had one of those yet, and I hope I can make it through without having one. Sound very unpleasant. Well, if you don't have symptoms, don't get one. Yeah, I'm not going I don't, to. I don't have symptoms, and I have to get one. I mean, but it goes back to everything we say. And uh, just like when Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth were doing the uh, mm -hmm. Niners game. You don't want to work, don't do the game. I guess. If you don't want to wear a mask, yep. don't do it. That's, that, right. that's the rules for me to work. Hey, I agree to do it. If I don't want to work... I don't have to get Nobody's a COVID test. Nobody's making you do it. That's right. The the my, the the people that I work for want me to get a COVID test every week. I get a COVID test every week because I choose to do so because right. I want to work. You're a rule follower. All right. Speaking of COVID, health insurance, all those things, very important. AUI Info, very important to know that name, to know that website, to go there and avail yourself of their expertise when it comes to selecting health insurance. This is the open enrollment period for many plans. Make sure the plan fits you, fits your family, fits your needs. Right doctor, right hospital, co-pays that work for you, benefits that match up to where you are in your life. Chrissy and the AUI team stand ready to give you all that information free. It's not a free consultation like a one-time only. It's free because they're compensated by the insurance companies that they put you with. And they can also help your business acquire the best health insurance for your employers and, or employees. rather. And they'll help you with HR questions. So you don't need an HR consultant either. It's a bonus that comes with AUI. And affiliating yourself with our, our health insurance brokerage experts, auiinfo.com, licensed to service any citizen or any business in the state of Ohio. Click on it and use uh, their helpful chat feature or talk to Chrissy personally, auiinfo.com. Um, real quick, mm -hmm. uh, I've been uh, doing a little mixing and matching with the CBD product. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually mixing the... The, the rub with the roll-on had pretty good success. And um, you heard of the company or the store is called Subzilla. 
which are nutrition stores. No, I have and, not. Yeah, well, there's three or four of them here in Columbus, okay. and they're actually going to start carrying a product. So Excellent. that's good news. Spielman CBD products available yeah. online, spielmancbd.com, or at the uh, store in Granville. Yeah. So, so uh, check that out. Uh, I'm sure it's on Main Street. I don't really know, but I'm, it's a pretty good it's chance. It's worth drive to in, Granville. It's a beautiful it's little town. Granville, it's, there's probably a Main Street, so I'm sure it's on Main Street. Uh, Granville, was I was noticed the other day, Granville has uh, highest median income of any central Ohio community, uh, according to Forbes. So all you people in Granville, if you've got aches and pains, Spielman ah. CBD. Walk on down to the store, say hi to Rick, say hi to Ashley. There you go. Get your Spielman CBD products. Okay, uh, let's transition into the uh, faith portion of the podcast. Uh, what do you have for us I was today? Gonna have you lead off? Okay. Today, since um, I'm just curious, I I want to ask how you are implementing your faith in venturing into the new world of non-sports talk radio. Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, I'm trying to prepare in advance for eventualities that I know I will face because I've faced them before. I know what my inclinations are. I know what my temptations are. I know how I have failed before. I've always said that no one is more of an expert on our own shortcomings than ourselves. Even though we're close with our spouses, with our children, with our friends, we and Jesus and Holy Spirit are the only people in God, are the only people who know everything about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so I know that I'm given to combativeness. I know that I'm given to uh, an unpleasant, angry tone of voice. So when I uh, approach the throne of God in the morning via prayer and Bible reading, I really try to um, lock in on humility, lock in on receiving inspiration. And then when I'm at work, Uh, Before I go on the air, I pray. My prayer before I go on the air is that I will not do anything to betray the faith and that I will convey my thoughts in the spirit of what you've often said here on the podcast, which is talk to people, not talk down to people. I'm also trying to police, and I'm not doing a perfect job of this, to not get into name-calling. You know, like try to, there's some words I'm trying to divorce from my speech, like idiot. I tend to use that word too much. <laughs> so, so I'm does trying Deborah to do, Barone on Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I just think that, you know, I'm at an age where I know myself really well. I know where I failed before and those are my weak areas. And so those are the areas where I have to fortify myself. So again, Proverbs is huge to me. And a verse that came to me this morning is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So I, so that would be Proverbs three, five, and six yes, for those of you following at home. Yes, Are you I'm impressed? I'm very I impressed. impressed with that. I can. I am impressed. That was my one of my children's memory verse. You know what I actually do? How I know that? Um, every, like I, I'm, because God has allowed me in. I think it's important. I'm a very generous tipper. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. 
and every at the hotels. Mm-hmm. And this is a word of way of exposing your faith, by the way. I leave a tip, say, I leave a tip. But with that tip, every single one, thank you. Then I write Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Excellent. Every single night every that I'm there, or every time something clean the room, I leave that. And I was motivated to do that because we can be disciples without screaming from the preaching from the streets, mm-hmm. right? Just a little note. And I've actually had uh, people leave notes in return. Thank you, not only for the money, but I needed to hear that today. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so it's just, and it's rare that I get something feedback back, but when it does happen, I think that's the feeling that you have that you're being used or that you're able to be positive. That's what we, I think, is the payoff from God, you know, because we don't always know the outcome of our exposing of our faith. No, we don't. And that gives you a little bit of feedback. And it's pretty rewarding. Um, I have advice for you. Great. Because I know, I mean, I I watched a little bit of the Supreme Court hearing for Amy Mm -hmm. Coney Barrett yesterday. And I've tried to divorce myself from a lot of it. But I just, I want to catch up. And then I've had enough as opposed to being consumed by it, which, Mm -hmm. as you Mm -hmm. well know, which I used to be. I am no longer doing that. But um, I was starting to get frustrated, so I I turned it off. You know, I I really do because, you know, I believe that every senator certainly has the right to ask questions. But when I see somebody on both sides, it doesn't matter, sit there and talk for their allotted time without asking a question Mm -hmm. Or letting her answer a question, it's extremely annoying to me. So, and I know it's annoying to you. I think it's annoying to you. Yes, very much. I feel for her sitting there. I think she's a a very grace-filled person. Her countenance to me loudly speaks that she has the peace of Christ in her heart. It can, it's, I think it's, Oh, I'll let, well, it's a lesson in grace, and I think um, it's something we all can learn from. Mm-hmm. I hope I have, just watching it that I did, and she's very attentive, very respectful, uh, doesn't get flustered when, you know, she's... And you can tell that I think some of them are, are getting frustrated, you know, because it's kind of the opposite of the Kavanaugh hearings, where you can just see the rage built up in them yeah, they were the, the simmering frustration that they cannot move her off her yeah. spot they yeah. cannot fl- they cannot fluster her right and 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 i, I don't mind them trying to no, do that no, in a sense because it's, they're, it's a lifetime appointment right. but my whole point of bringing that up is in to continue because i know that it's it's whatever it goes i know that you know this is imp- it's important and it's very important to you because now not only do you are concerned with the direction of the country one way or another, uh, but it's your job now. Mm-hmm. And so I came across this in the second Peter three eighteen. This is 
needed now more than ever and never think you have all the answers. So I will do like uh, Peter told us, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory now and forever. Amen. But it's it, my point is that, and I have to remind myself this, you can always grow. You can always learn. Mm-hmm. There's more knowledge, either knowledge by reading, knowledge by application, knowledge by experience, or uh, uh, knowledge by just being aware. Just continue to grow. Mm-hmm. And and the I want everybody out there that enjoys the faith part of our podcast to don't put a grade on yourself. You know, this is a this is not a non-gradable thing. If you're if you want to just keep growing, don't look at well. For example, Bruce used a verse this morning that I happen to know because I only reason why I know it is because I write it on a card mm-hmm. uh, four times a week. You know, so I just want to keep you guys and don't say, "Oh, I could never do that." Well, that, that that's not the point. The point is keep growing in grace, right? Which you have grown in grace by leaps and bounds. I am trying to grow in grace, and I think I've done a better job than where I was 10 years ago. You more have, importantly, yeah, big time. Um, knowledge. There's so much knowledge out there. Well, and spiritual knowledge does shape you. I mean, that's the thing is I know it's – I really appreciate your compliment. I am, as I said before, I'm the one who knows how much farther I need to go. But it, it's a – it's a process that it's kind of twofold. Like Jesus will work with you and he will chip those. We've talked about sometimes he sandpapers those rough edges (laughs) off. Sometimes he just breaks them off and other times they come off a little bit less painfully, but so much of it is digging in like that, like the verse in John eight, uh, 31 and 32, where he says, uh, if you hold to my teaching, uh, then you'll be my disciple. So, well, what is your teaching? Well, there's a way to find that out is read yeah. what he had to say. Read the Bible. Pray. Listen for his voice. Then you'll know the truth. So if you hold to my teaching, then you'll know the truth, yeah. and the truth will set you free. A lot of people say, well, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Well, where's the truth? The truth is in the knowing right. and in the holding to his teaching. Seek and truth. that's there. So I, I just want to affirm you in that and, and, and offer a note to everyone in that it is— a very powerful thing as a Christian when people see you pray before your meal eating out or if you have a hotel room and they see a Bible in your room or something and then you tip generously, you are demonstrating your faith to other people. I, we are always cognizant when we go out to eat on uh, any time and, right. and when we pray, and we always do, is that other people in the restaurant see that and most importantly the server often sees that and if you chintz on the tip, that's not a good witness. No. It's not a good witness. Well, what's James tell us? Uh, a faith without deeds is a faith that is dead. Dead. Yeah, absolutely so. Uh, we did not get to, during the course of the podcast, a mention of our coffee sponsor, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. They certainly live it with what they do by buying their coffee from growers direct. It affords the growers more money, which helps their local economies, which allows them to do great things in their community, whether it's commerce, whether it's ministry. Uh, I believe it's Diego, their uh, coffee uh, uh, connection in indonesia it's planted 50 churches so um you know the word of god manifests itself in many ways and prospers itself in many ways and we appreciate you guys helping us to 
do what we do here, be a part of what we do here. We hope we'll, you will see us again on Friday uh, when Spiels heads for Indy and the Bengals and the Colts on Sunday. So have a great week, and we will talk to you again Friday. Friday.